Hey everyone, excited for this week's episode with Jeff Beckham, Director of Product Marketing at Mixpanel. We talk about sales, working with sales, sales enablement, we break it all down. Uh, this is great. This is something that we really haven't gotten too far into on the show, so happy to get somebody in to talk about sales. It's a good one. Keep listening. Shout out to our sponsor, Crayon. If you aren't familiar with Crayon, Crayon is an awesome tool for product marketers. It analyzes market trends for you, makes acting on insights easy. This means dynamically updated sales battle cards, alerts, dashboards, much more. Crayon is a great tool for marketers looking to maintain differentiated messaging, improve sales win rates, catch important updates from competitors, and much more. Check them out at crayon.co. This podcast is a partnership with ShareBird. ShareBird.com is a peer mentoring platform. It's the place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. There are great resources, lots of people learn from, lots of expert Q&As, so much on sharebird.com, including a, a job board. Definitely check it out if you haven't already. If you have any feedback on this podcast, in general, specific episodes, things you like, things you don't like, email podcasts at sharebird.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, shoot me a DM. I love that. I love hearing from you guys. And don't forget to jump on iTunes and drop me a, drop us a little review. We also appreciate that too. All right, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Experts, brought to you by Sherbert. I'm your host, Marcus Andrews, and today we're diving deep into working with sales and sales enablement. We haven't covered this one yet, and it's really, really foundational to the way so many companies think and talk about product marketing, so super excited to cover it. Product marketing keeps sales product-driven. We up-level their sales pitch and their demo, and we can be a massive acceleration to even an already high-performing sales team. But boy, working with sales can be really, really tricky. It's often hard to find scale with your product marketing efforts when you're working with sales team. You end up being kind of pulled down into individual sales meetings, and that can be an issue. It can be really hard to get sales to pay attention to product trainings or kind of what you're working on. And believe it or not, sometimes salespeople will tell you whatever you need to hear to help them close a deal. So it's really, really tricky. And while Sales enablement is just one element of product marketing. If you can figure it out, if you can build a really great working relationship with your sales team, it can be a huge boon for you and the company. If you help sales go bigger, faster, that's a direct tie to revenue and a great way to prove the value of product marketing, which sometimes is hard to do, right? Having that direct tie and that revenue number associated with your efforts can be really, really positive. But there is a lot to do here. It's hard to build this relationship with sales. It's hard to navigate this. So I'm super excited to pull in a product marketing expert to help us out. Jeff Beckham is the head of product and content marketing at Mixpanel. He spent more than a decade doing sales enablement, specifically in the enterprise space. So super, super excited to have him. Jeff, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I, I, it's great. We're 21 episodes in and we haven't talked about sales yet. I don't know how it happens. I don't know either. What a fun topic. <laughs> totally, totally. All right. So just to kick things off, I'm curious, how did you get into product marketing? What did your career path to where you're at now look like? I was lucky enough to start at a big company, Cisco, that had a rotational program. So I got to try my hand at all aspects of marketing, demand gen, content, product marketing, et cetera, et cetera. And I just really landed on product marketing. It felt right for me, the, the strategic elements of it in the ability to think big, be close to the product all really resonated with me. 
Awesome. Yeah. I think if you can get a little taste of it, I see a lot of people in our rotational program at HubSpot get really excited about product marketing once they get a taste of it too. That's cool to hear that you came through a rotational program. So we're talking about sales today. I think that for a lot of product marketers, working with salespeople is one of the hardest parts of their jobs. Like I think it's probably one of the things that a lot of PMMs complain about a lot, right? Like the difficulties of working with sales. But I think you have a very healthy point of view on this and you actually enjoy working with sales teams and sales folks. Why is that? Can you tell us a little bit about how you think about that? Yeah, it's a couple reasons. One is I just find that sales folks have really high energy and I enjoy being around them. So that's part of it. But also I think I can't do my job well without sales. My job is to understand the customer, develop a message that's going to resonate and then bring people into the fold and get them to buy the product. And the sales folks are on the front lines. And so they have unique perspectives. They have more scale in talking to customers than I ever could because my job is more than just that. And their feedback is invaluable. So that relationship, it matters a lot to me. And I, I don't view it as a burden at all. Yeah, I totally agree. I also really enjoy salespeople. And I think those two reasons summarize it really well. Like the energy of great salespeople, it can be infectious. And then also too, they know so much about prospects and customers and you know the market. They can, they can give so much. So I'm with you. I think it's great. I mean, certainly you can get pulled too far down into it, but I'm with you. I think it's a, a, real, a real positive working with great sales teams. So tell me a little bit about Mixpanel. Like what does your setup look like? How does product marketing work with sales like on a macro level? What is the relationship like? Yeah, so it's evolved over time, but there's a couple goals that we have. I mean, ultimately it's to increase the win rates for the business. And that's a shared goal that we have across product marketing and sales. And then when you get into the how, that's where it gets more specific. So on the product marketing side, we have product marketers aligned to different areas of the product. So anytime sales needs to be educated on a particular area, we have analytics products, uh, elements of data management and governance and a couple other things. So the subject matter experts will come in, but we also do much more broad-based trainings. So to give you an example, I did a big road show last year where I went around to all the global sales offices back when you could travel and do those kinds of things, basically to help them understand what makes our product great. How can you position it? What makes it unique? How can you sell it? And that's kind of bringing all the pieces together, feeding in content from the different PMMs and bringing it into a cohesive pitch that helps the sales team be successful. Yeah, nice. Was it helpful to be there in person? I mean, like, why did you want to do that global roadshow? Is that just, you know, part of knowing your audience? How, what, what drove that? Well, it started with the CEO and head of sales asked me to do it. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> so you can't say no, but I was honored to be asked. I just find these things so valuable and hey, I don't know if this is a controversial opinion because folks like working at home, but I, I just like being there. And I think there's this different element of learning that comes about when you can be there in the room and hey, share some happy hours after the fact with the, the sales team. And I just generally find it easier to engage folks when they're there in the room. There's just something about being there and having a presence and the ability to do interactive things like Sure, you can draw on a Zoom whiteboard, but doing that, doing exercises, doing role plays, breaking off into groups, really making it hands-on and practical, it's just a lot easier when you're there. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of, especially enterprise sales, right? You're spending a lot of time physically with customers. So, you know, salespeople are 
they're tuned into body language and like the energy of the person. And like, I think it, I think it matters too. I think it's smart. So one of the things I want to get into is goals. Like how are you measuring your efforts with the sales team? Do you have specific goals? Like what are your big KPIs with that team? Yeah. So from a more broadly speaking, we look at pipeline, but as it relates more to the enablement standpoint, it's, it's kind of been two things. One is the win rates, because that's something that naturally sales and product marketing can partner on. Does the sales team feel equipped to be successful? And then we also do more qualitative surveys. So we'll do it after each training. Like, did you find this useful? Very NPS style. Hmm. But then in more aggregate, we'll often survey the sales team. Like, how confident do you feel in your ability to sell and win? And that's important because win rates are a lagging indicator. And then that gives you a look into the future of do people feel pre- prepared to do the job and be successful in the coming months and, and year. Yeah, makes sense. I think that's a good combination there. And the, the, when you're preparing sales, is it a lot of like, is it, so, are you building solutions? Is it product information? Is there like, is there specific types of information that you're delivering to the sales team? Yeah, all of them. And then... <laughs> The, the situation will depend and I've seen it vary at different companies, you know, up to you, Marcus, how deep you want to get into this. But I, I found that product marketing's role in this process varies deeply based on whether there's an, an enablement team at the company devoted to sales enablement. So yeah. when there is, you don't have to go so far into like sales methodology or how to move someone through the deal cycle that's taken care of. In some cases, they'll even help you with some of the collateral um, battle cards, you name it. But when there's not, you're taking more of that on or at least assisting the head of sales and the operations folks with that. And then there's just different types of training. So let's say you're launching a new product. The sales team needs to understand what is this product? How do I sell it? Who's it for? What's the value proposition? But then there's always these, like, how does it all fit together conversation in companies where there's a video, a portfolio of multiple products, you got to check in every so often, you know, six months, a year, whatever it is. Okay. I'm entering a deal or a conversation. How do we describe what we do at a high level? And then depending on what they're interested in, how do we dive deeper and then describe how that particular product line can apply to their needs? Nice. And I imagine it, at Mixpanel, it's more of a technical product too, right? So it must, yeah. I'm sure you guys bring a lot of value to the sales team and it's helping as a product marketing team, you know, building, building positioning and messaging around that, I, I imagine makes a, a big impact. Yeah. That's the rule of thumb I've found is the more technical the product, the more important product marketing is in this process <laughs> and the more you're needed. Uh, because by nature, sales folks, a lot of them are technical, but they just don't know it as much intuitively. And so it takes more to get the point across. 100%. I think that's another thing that I hear product marketers sometimes complain about is that it's like, it's really hard to market this product because it's so technical. I, I, I think the same way. It's like, you know what? No, that's the best kind of product because that's when you really, really need product marketing. You need someone to, you know, do that digestion process, right? Of like understanding this technical product and turning it into value and like a story. So. Yeah. That's what's fun for me. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like, I try to boil product marketing down as what's the job. It's, it's to make the complex simple and relate to the person that could value the product. And so the more complex, the more work to make it simple. And then that's where the fun starts. Absolutely. Love that point of view. 
So one thing I've experienced, you know, when I was working closer with sales teams is that there's always kind of like a push and pull between trying to find some scale with your enablement efforts and getting kind of pulled into individual deals where maybe you can have a big impact, but it's challenging because you are also trying to find some scale with your product marketing and enablement efforts. Have you faced that? How do you think about that challenge? Yeah, I kind of think you need both. If you're not in, in deals at all, then how could the sales team respect you and how could you have a perspective to help them sell? Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing that in some capacity, then you're just missing the things that are going to make you successful. You got to, you know, in the old days, it's say get on the plane, but like I would get on a plane, I went to Cincinnati for a deal and that went a long way because I was able to talk to that experience with the sales team. But I think to your point is if you get pulled in for ad hoc requests on every little deal that it just doesn't scale and you can't do it. And to me, the best way to avoid that is just having a plan one and then having the respect of the sales team. So to hit the second one first, you know, if they respect you, they definitely understand when you say, Hey, I'm actually working on this other thing that's going to help you more. And so I'm not able to pitch in on this right now, but here's some resources to get you started. But then as far as having a plan, if you're thinking about all the things that sales needs holistically, then it's likely already on your roadmap, what you're asking, what they're asking for. And so you can tell them, well, it's coming in Q2 or in Q4, or actually we already have the thing and it's just in the portal and maybe you didn't see it. Yeah. I like that. I'm sure they understand that too, right? Like there's a lot of value in you having some space and being able to think creatively around like a problem that's going to solve in a bigger way or for more people or whatever. I like that answer. That's smart. So how do you think about positioning? Are you still positioning individual products and then applying that to the sales process and turning that into individual pieces of enablement or is it coming the other way? Like, are you still, what does the positioning process look like for you? Yeah. Sales so, enablement? Yeah. So, I mean, on that one, it'll just depend on the go-to-market model of the company. Like I've mostly worked at SaaS companies that have like one meta product and then different pieces within that. And so it's always about the big story for me and then how the pieces ladder up into the big story. If you're, you're just trying to sell product lines. It only works if the buyer is different. So let's say you're a sales force, you've got the sales cloud, the marketing cloud, the service cloud. It's very understandable that that stuff would be different, but like at mixed panel, we, we have one core product our analytics product. And then we have a couple add-ons, but they all are tied to the main product and you can have them without the main product. Yeah. Makes sense. That's how at HubSpot, we've got the, the similar, we've got like, you know, our marketing hub, sales hub, CMS hub, and those different personas buy a lot differently. So I think that's because we're kind of broken up that way, but that makes sense to me. So you were talking a little bit about the value you get from the sales team. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like what do sales really help you do? Like, what are you learning from sales? What kind of insights do you get from sales? Like, tell me more about that value from the sales team. Yeah. The specifics are actually what I value the most. So really, really tactical advice, things like when you pitch the product, what do they say? I'll give you an example of, of ways I'll get feedback from sales. So every company has competitors and we have a couple of mixed panel. And one of the things that I'm often asked to do is talk at sales kickoff or something you know, mid-year of, well, how do you position against and beat this competitor? Well, I couldn't possibly answer that question without real knowledge of how things go for us in deals. What are the messages that work? 
So to prepare for that presentation, I try to crowdsource all the information versus coming at it on my own. So I'll talk for 30, 45 minutes to a couple top reps. And then I'll also have some email templates that I send out and just ask people to fill in a couple questions of, you know, what, what's worked for you? What's the differentiator that you's, you found hit home? What do they do that you wish we would do? Things like that. And then it, it all comes together to, uh, to ultimately help the sales team. Cause like, that's the key of, well, how do you be successful in sales enablement? You help the sales team. If you're trying to force your agenda on them, then they're not going to listen to you. Yeah, it's simple advice, but I hear you. I think and when you're really aligned with their interests, they know that, you know, so I think it's, I think it's good advice and just understanding from them those insights. And then, you know, you've got a really unique view when you're talking to a lot of folks and you've done, you know, some scalable things like email to get insights. You can really see big picture kind of where you can focus. So I love that. One thing I think that is a challenge for a lot of people is just like capturing the, the attention of the sales team. So I, I don't know how it is for you, but I think one thing is for us at HubSpot, like a thing that we face a lot is that there's so many things that we're trying to educate reps on all the time. And so we try to keep things simple. We try to, to figure out ways to make it digestible, but it's always a challenge to really capture attention and make sure that we're educating folks in a way that's going to help them and make them retain the knowledge. But how do you capture attention? How do you educate reps? Any advice around that? So I think of capturing attention in kind of like two phases. How do you get them to care? And then, okay, you're having a training. How do you get them to actually listen and not be on their phone and doing something else? And they really all bubble up to like, well, what's in it for me? And that's something that is essentially internal product marketing, if you will, of positioning what you're trying to do for the sales team's benefit. Because if you think about what is their job, their job is to bring in revenue for the company by selling the product. And so how is what you're trying to do with them to get their time contributing to their ability to do that? If the answer is it doesn't, then they're going to feel like they're being forced or why should they care, which is a really reasonable perspective when you think of like how they're gold and, and what their job is for, for the company. And so I know it's like hard to hear for some product marketers and I've been there, believe me, but if they're not listening, it's like maybe they don't care and you got to find a way to make them care and approach things a little differently. 100%. Yeah. I don't think you should. It's the onus is on you, right? To yeah, have done that good job of, of, understanding what's going to make them pay, you know, what's going to, what's going to be valuable to them and then delivering that it's not on them to attend the, the training and, and, you know, take deep notes or whatever, right. Because their time is, is limited and they're trying to, you know, more time on the, on the phone or more time spending time with customers or prospects is how they're going to achieve their goals. Right. So like anytime you're taking away from that is tough. Yeah. One thing I wanted to add quick on that is like, I definitely do not like the idea of the, you know, the, the coin operated salesperson that that thing goes around and people say that. Hmm. I, I just think that doesn't, it's not representative of most sales folks. And so like, I, I'm re- allergic to the phrase, but like with that said, if you think about how are they compensated, oftentimes it's 50% variable compensation. And so that means that they have to hit their numbers to bring money home for their family, right? And so also if you miss quota two months in a row or two quarters in a row, depending on the company, you might get let go. And when you look at it from that lens, you really like understand where they're coming from when they don't want to attend a training that they're not sure how it helps them. 
Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's a different structure for most product marketers who maybe don't, who have never held a bag before and never had like a number that they've had to hit and gotten in and figure that out. So I think it's smart to have a lot of empathy there. How do you build a great relationship with sales leadership, right? So, you know, I think another part of being successful in the role, and, and I think something that you were talking about that you've been able to do is like really connecting with sales leadership, making sure that you're aligned with their interests. In your experience, what's helped you build a really strong relationship with sales leadership? Part of it is just like spending the time. Uh, you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. So it's going to depend on who your sales leader is and what they're like, but just the simple let's grab beers kind of thing, or oftentimes they're, they're organizing events, happy hours, and they'll invite you along and you should go yeah. be part of the team. And then the other is just like help their team. People like and have great relationships with and respect those who they find valuable to what they're trying to accomplish. And so the sales leaders that I've had the best relationships with were the ones who felt like if they needed help, they could call and I might be able to help their team be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that too, where it's, you know, sometimes there is just something that needs to get done or, you know, you can find those little quick wins. I think sales really appreciates that when they know that they know that people are, are going to jump in and help them out if they need to. You got to balance that too, right? But I, I think that's good advice just uh, to show that you care, show that you're willing to put in the work. Internal word of mouth goes a long way. I'll tell you, like, oftentimes the, the little things you'll do to help reps here and there, like filter back up to the top. And then when the sales leader hears about that, they're like, oh, okay, I can really rely on this person because they care. For sure. And also, you know, in my experience, if a high performing rep knows that you jumped in in a deal and helped it helped close that deal or like went a long way with that individual deal, they will talk to other people. And then all of a sudden you'll start getting a lot more ass, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's, a, at least in my experience, a good way to kind of help educate reps or get reps working on something or thinking about something in a new way is they look and they're influenced by other people on the team. 100%. Well said. Yeah. So tell me about, so you are in product marketing, obviously you kind of sit in between a lot of different worlds. What is the relationship between sales and product like in your experience at Mixpanel? And like, what is the role that you play in that? Are the two sides talking to each other a lot? Are you in the middle of that? How do you think about that? I'm definitely in the middle of it, but not meant to be as a barrier. But Mixpanel is in a very unique situation because our target buyer is product teams. So our product management team has a much heavier role in working with sales because they are the buyer Mm. and they lend a perspective that that you wouldn't otherwise get. But, you know, that aside and generalizing more to the other companies I've been at, it's kind of like the standard model that I've experienced where product is more technical and they'll say, hey, we're going to build this or that, of course, taking your input in product marketing. And so then it's product marketing's job of, well, how do we make money from this? Bluntly put, like, how do we roll this out? How do we put it into the campaign system? How do we get sales educated so they feel like they can sell this and incorporate it into their pitch? So launching products, that's a big thing that I've done. And most of the sales trainings that I've done are around that of new products or new features came out and the sales team needs to understand them so they can talk about them well to customers. And then, you know, beyond that, uh, I think competition is a big one that comes up of, well, the sales, uh, the product team builds all these things, but how do they play into the competitive landscape and how the sales team 
sells and explaining what's unique and what makes the product different for different use cases is something I've often gotten involved with of like taking the ball, passing it from product to sales. Yeah, makes sense. This is a curveball. This wasn't on the list of questions, but do you guys, I know you're enterprise, enterprise software, but do you have a product-led growth motion or do you, is there anything, do you have a point of view on kind of product-led growth and how that's changing sales or sales enablement and product marketing? Yeah, we actually have both. So mixed panel, I look at it as a really good thing that we have both motions. So we have an online business where you can go in and, and buy the product online, but we also have a sales motion. And, and actually the way it's constructed is very much modeled after HubSpot at the sales acceleration formula, right? Yeah. All that. And so our, our point of view on that is always, you should give the, the user or the buyer the choice of the path that they want to go down. So you provide great content, insights, et cetera, they get to your website. And then from there, it's if they want to get a, a personal demo, then that option's available. If they just want to get into the product and try it and or buy it, then that option is available. And then for people who choose that path, we have a, a PQL model, product qualified lead. And so sales can reach out in a very friendly way after a certain level of engagement with the product to say, hey, just so you know, I'm available to answer any questions if you have any. And so that's a dual way to, to drive revenue for the company. Awesome. Yeah. I like the, I am, I'm a fan of the hybrid model and I like the approach that it brings. I mean, I think some sales teams are a little af afraid of product led growth, but mostly I think what you're experiencing is what I've seen too, where these folks have just had a chance to spend time in the product and are just becoming more qualified and, you know, easier to close. So I think it's, it's super, it's super interesting how you guys are thinking about it. So tell me about, is there something with the sales team or sales enablement that you've really had to learn the hard way that you think, you know, people are going to have to face in their career at some point as they advance? Yeah. I, I thought about this question of what's the right answer. And the biggest learning moment I ever had was when a head of sales at one of my old companies just pulled me aside after a training and basically told me that it was too tactical and that like, I didn't have the lens of how do I sell this? And I was talking too much about how the product worked, which is not how they talk about the product to customers. And like, of course it was hard to hear. And I was, I was a lot younger at the time, but it was what I needed to hear. And it's just changed everything for me since then of like, oh yeah, that's right. I need to put myself in the shoes of the person that I'm trying to train of how would they use this information and then provide the information in a format that's more useful to them. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I had something similar too, where, you know, I think you can get really close to the product and understand the product. And it's like, all right, this is the value I'm bringing is that I know the products better than anyone. I'm going to explain, I'm going to help explain it to the sales team. But I was also working on the services team before that. And then I spent a lot of time like in deals with salespeople. And I think that was what kind of how I got educated on that, where it's like, you know, you're trying to help people understand the value of this thing for their business, not tell them about the individual features and tactics. So yeah. it's great advice. I can add one other thing that might be useful to the audience. It's like another mistake I made was, was like projecting my own point of view on the sales team or my own mindset. And what I mean by that is if someone asked me to like do a role play in front of a big group, I'm like, ah, I don't really want to do this. Mm -hmm. But most sales teams like this because it's on the job training. Like they're going to have to do this when money's at stake. And so 
doing it in a safer environment is good because it's practice reps. And so I wouldn't do things like that because I figured, well, why would anyone want to do this? Hmm. But actually they did. And so when I start doing more interactive stuff like objection handling, having people do practice elevator pitches, things like that, it, it really turned around for me and became a huge, huge difference. And then the last, last one is that like incorporating the sales team and the training was another big learning because otherwise I'm just the product marketing guy that's trying to like tell them how to sell and I'm not a salesperson. Hmm. And the best thing is to find a successful sales rep that everyone respects and then get them to do the pitch for you or deliver part of the training and spin what you're saying into ways that the sales team can make it useful. And these are the things that the lessons where I'm like, man, if I could take back the first like six years, I was doing this and, and do those <laughs> things, <laughs> but so how it works. No. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And like, yeah, for me, it was hard because, you know, sometimes I'll spend so much time working on like a deck or some messaging or something like that. And then you send it over the fence to the sales teams and they'll take a high performing rep will take your beautiful deck and they will like smash it together with another deck and it'll look really ugly and it'll be different, but it'll work, you know, and it'll help them sell. And like, it drove me crazy at first where I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that. But then I'm like, they're improving it. They're making it better. And they're a high performing rep. It's going to work for them. They know what they're doing. And like, that's okay. That's actually a good thing. It was, that was really challenging for me. Yeah. I've seen that too. Yeah. All right. What is your, what's your outlook on the career of product marketing? You think it's a good place for people to be right now? hundred percent. I mean, first you got to love product marketing. I'll, I'll just say that as a baseline, but <laughs> my view is product marketing is more important than ever. The world is getting more complicated, especially in tech. And it's so fast for new startups to spin up and for the market to get competitive. And so what's happening is there's just specialized software all over the place and then new disruptors coming in. And so then that puts more onus on what is our story? Why should people buy what we're offering instead of someone else? And that's the foundations of what product marketing does. And so the, the job market's quite hot for product marketing, as I'm sure everyone has seen out there. It's, it's hard to hire because the skill set is very much in demand. Totally. That's, I mean, that's how I think about it too. It's just software is eating the world. There's so much competition. Like even if you have like no space is, is new anymore. There's very little new categories. Like how you differentiate is really through your story in so many ways. So awesome points. Jeff, that's all I got for you today. I really, really appreciate you making some time and chatting with Sales Enablement. Thank you so much for coming on. Got it. Thanks for having me.